supergroup, you know, com comprised of George Harrison, uh, Tom Petty, uh, it, it, it was amazing, you know, Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Jeff Lynn, Electric Light Orchestra, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, and of course, um, Roy Orbison, Tom, and George all gone now, but into the line, and that's so very appropriate for for this week's edition of the podcast desolation angel radio kip williams with you um it's another comstock breakfast club edition comstock breakfast club 75 this this month 
Uh, it was Steve Schultz, Tom Bennett, Diane uh, Parker, Diane LaPiana Parker, and myself that got together. John uh, was on a trip around the UP. Gina didn't make it in. Paula didn't make it in. Um, Mary was up at a horse farm. Uh, and we've had other people. Here's, here's my message to you Comstock people, if you're listening. All right, you are welcome. We would love to have you here. And the other part of it is, is if you're hearing this for the first time, especially a Comstock edition, understand that I don't pick the music for the most part. They all do. Um, and that's what you'll hear. And the conversation normally goes about an hour. I mean, the meeting itself, we, go, we get together for a couple hours, and then I edit it down. But... Uh, it provides some pretty fascinating insights into who we are as people today and where we're, where we're at in our lives. It's a whole lot more than, you know, how are the kids and grandkids. And, and sometimes you just have to listen all the way through. And, and people have said, people have told me um, from 50 years ago that they close their eyes and, and they can see us all together again, them too, them included, you know, um, but just part of it. So. So yeah, what you're going to hear is about an hour of that, and before that, of course, music um, picked by them into the line. Uh, you're going to hear Never Can Say Goodbye, Into the Mystic, yeah, Son of a Son of a Sailor, Candle in the Wind. Um, about an hour's worth of us, and, and then let it be. Uh, and they picked all that, and it's because death, death has been, Death and loss and saying goodbye to people has just been prevalent for, for the last few weeks for all of us. It's been right there. And uh, you'll hear me say it in there, and I can tell you now that the last section of music is stuff that I picked about where I'm at right now, and especially thinking about Comstock, thinking about home, thinking about the people that I've loved over 50 years. You might not know it, but I've always loved you. You know, I've always carried you with me. And, and if you're real smart, you'll be able to get in there and, and listen and, and figure out right where my head's at. And there's one particular one, and I'll talk again, that is dedicated to Diane and Mary and, and that whole group of women that Lola was part of and, and that said goodbye. But there's one dedicated that makes me think of you. And also, for those who don't know it, recent listeners, when I lived in New Orleans, I... Uh, not only worked a couple jobs there, but I also did spoken word um, and did it not as a sideline. I was on stage every other Wednesday and, and did it for a couple of years and wound up being a lot of times the closer or, or the next to last. But uh, in fact, there's, there's, a published, there's a couple published editions of my collected works out there, but it's never the same. Spoken word is not the same reading it as hearing it, but you group of people, the Comstock people, and things going on in my life have got me, for the first time in seven years, writing again. And you will hear on this show the debut of my first piece in seven years. Um, so just hang in and get through it. I'm going to uh, jump back into the music, and then you'll hear everybody, and, and I might come back at you again. I will come back at you again. But let's get back into the music with uh, Never Can Say Goodbye. Jack.
were born before the wind Also younger than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one As we sail into the mystic Heart now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic Where that foghorn blows I will be coming home mm. Yeah, when the foghorn blows I wanna hear it Son of a son, son of a son of a sailor 
last time One step ahead of the jailer Now way in the near future Southeast of disorder You can shake the hand of the mangled man As he greets you at the border And the lady she hails from Trinidad I love the spices Salt for your meat and cinnamon sweet And the rum is for all your good vices Haul the sheet in as we ride on the wind That our forefathers harnessed before us Hear the bells ring as the tide rigging sings It's the son of a god of a chorus If I knew, I might toss up my anchor So I cruise along, always searching for songs Not a lawyer, a thief, or a banker But son of a son, son of a son Son of a son of a sailor Son of a gun, load the last time One step ahead of the jailer I'm just a son of a son Son of a son, son of a son of a sailor The seas in my veins, my tradition remains I'm just glad I don't live in a trailer Yeah. 
sitting there running it down because I know Mary told me she was going to try to get in from the horse farm where she is. Yeah, but it's not going to happen, I'm sure. No. There's too many of them. Oh, are they all up there? No, not our group. It's uh, all her um, teacher group. You know, all her oh, okay. the women yeah. that she taught with. Yeah. So, yeah. How is everybody? Doing well. Good. I told them I'm decompressing after a day of meetings. Not bad for somebody not working right now. I've been in meetings all day. <laughs> ah, okay. So now you're done with your stuff and you're and now I'm for with you else. all. Yeah, I have missed yeah. y'all so much, but yeah, it's, it's been, been a while. It's yeah, been a yeah, while. It's a couple yeah. months it's for summer. me anyway. Right. What's up? It's been a couple months for me. I think stuff just kept yeah. coming up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, if I recall, life. if I recall right, I talked to John about a year ago this week or next week. And that's when we started uh-huh. doing it when everybody's schedule kind of settled out for the for the you know fall and winter and we had yeah we, we had time to do all of it so mm-hmm. yeah well it started there's, around there's your it started around your 65th birthday right Kip well right, we, we did you mean the the birthday I didn't have yeah <laughs> because of the killer blizzard and I wound up spending right. in ER with a concussion from trying to help the yeah. neighbors yeah yeah. Yeah, the birthday I didn't have. I think I'm coming. I I told I told Mary on Friday. I think I'm coming home for Thanksgiving weekend. It's been twenty plus years, almost thirty. She went okay. Oh, you, wow. Yeah, you'll have the birthday that you never had before. All right, we'll finally have your. <laughs> Are you birthday. talking about Mary Canet, Mary O'Leary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She oh, and okay. I were talking, and she went, "No, nah, we'll we'll do the birthday that you didn't have." Aw. 
Yeah, I used to come home. That's how our whole group kind of formed. Yeah. That was the weekend that I would come home. So everyone and, you know, everyone's friends became friends. And then we formed a, like a bigger group. But everyone came out. And um, that's before everyone had kids. We'd go out like the college kids, you know, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. But then once yeah. people had families and they were cooking meals, mm -hmm. you know, that all kind of changed. So I, I dreaded that night when I was working the door of the bar in New Orleans. <laughs> the busiest oh, bar night of the year, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, most of the college kids had gone home, you know, that mm -hmm. went to Tulane, which meant that. Only, it, only the hardcore New Orleanians had come home, and they were out. <laughs> and ours was yeah. a, a dive yeah. bar that you didn't really get to until 3, 4 in the morning. They were lit by the time they got to our place. It was like, oh, sure. man. Sure. I got to get back there to New Orleans. I was just thinking about it on my drive here. That's, you know? that's someplace else. my anniversary today. I know. Um, yeah, happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Maybe, yeah. How many years, how many years have you and Larry been uh, We... 26 and wow. um we were we've been together for like 34 so okay, yeah we just didn't get married yeah all my new orleans people are telling me i got to get back down there this winter that i've been gone yeah. too long so i got to get there yeah i gotta get a group together and yeah. get down there well again it's been a while that, it's been a while with, with that bunch with that bunch i can go during mardi gras because i know where the tourists don't go and wow. where, the, where the real things happen in the back of the city. Mm -hmm. <laughs> see, and it's like, when you're younger, you want to do Mardi Gras, you want to see that kind of stuff now? No, thank you. It's like, yeah, I, it's well, like no desire. I'll tell you something. And it was, and it came from, black seat somewhere. it came from knowing a lot of the people who like Dr. John, Mac Rebinac, no, knowing Mac, knowing, you know, that all the Nevilles except Aaron who moved to Nashville. But, once you understand the culture of the city and the culture of Mardi Gras, I was very fortunate in that I got to know Johnny Sansone, who's a touring musician, used to work the door at the Maple Leaf, but a blues musician, and Bruce Sunpie Barnes, who's a great musician. Bruce is the big chief of the Skull and Bones gang. We're talking about Mardi Gras Indians. And he's the big chief, and there's a long tradition behind Mardi Gras Indians a cultural tradition and uh, they both are are in the skull and bones gang and I got to go out with them pre-dawn on Mardi Gras day in the back of the city in the seventh ward in the Treme where they were just going second line down the street and their tradition was and you can look you can look it up their costumes are literally skeletons they're they're made skeletons but they knock on doors to wake people up and tell the kids in the family to behave themselves for mm -hmm. for the coming year but there's some if you ever get a chance and this was on mardi gras that they do that? right on mardi gras day but, if you, and they don't get shot no <laughs> if you know chicago. where you're going yeah oh it's not chicago what is that thing right but oh my God, there was a car blown up on the side of the road tonight, and it was like, I'm glad I was going north. They're all ramps going south because this car was in the middle of the road, engine on fire. And I'm like, I'd be so, bumper to bumper, I'd be so afraid that it would blow up. I'd get out of my car. Yeah. 
And then Larry's like, no, that's not, that's, that's like the movies. They don't really Just keep up. moving, just keep moving. No one keep moving. It was at a standstill. If it gets to the gas tank, it's going to blow up. I got news. Yeah. You're talking to somebody that worked oil and gas. Yeah. So, like, oh my gosh, but, scary. But, but finishing that thought, so Sorry. I would, no, it's okay. It's great because, and what I learned while I was living there from all those people that had been there for decades, um, that Mardi Gras day, the Mardi Gras Indians used to go to war with one another. And hmm. it really took a long time to bring peace to the city about over who had, you know, what parts of the city. Mac, uh, Dr. John, Mac Rebinac can remember being nine years old and walking down the neutral ground and seeing like dead Mardi Gras Indians, that kind of thing. There's a great documentary on Netflix called Tootie's Last Suit. Tootie, Montana. Tootie's Last Suit. And he, he scared her off. I know. Now he he brought. He's the one that brokered a peace between all the Mardi Gras Indian um, tribes and marching groups to have mm -hmm. everybody working for the betterment of the city. It's it's uh, it's really interesting. And then again, well away from Bourbon Street or Canal Street or any of the tourist stuff, there's a big marching parade, a costume parade that comes out of the Bywater and goes to the banks of the Mississippi River and everybody brings the ashes, part of the ashes of the people that in their family that have died in the last year. And they all, you know, publicly mourn the person that's died and put some of the ashes in the river. Mm -hmm. And so when, huh. when you get away from... Everything else that's in that river, that's probably the cleanest thing going in. It is, yeah. But I mean, when you, when you get away from the tourist stuff and, and get into the... the really the part of the culture that, that really started it, then that's when it gets interesting. You know, so. But. Yeah, I thought Mardi Gras was, I thought Mardi Gras was like some, I'm Catholic, but I thought it was some kind of Catholic tradition where you use up the sugar and the flour on the last day before Lent. It, hmm. It's very French Catholic in that it's all excess up until midnight of of Tuesday right. at midnight Ash Wednesday and literally Ash Wednesday going into Ash Wednesday the police will clear the streets with horses mm. and fire hoses if you won't get off the street huh. you are it, everybody's job is to just go home and be quiet oh mm. so all the festivities matter of fact for, for for the music for this one there's a great song by Anders Osborne a musician from down there called Ash Wednesday Blues which captures the feel of Ash Wednesday very well, you know, because yeah. the city parties hard. And then at midnight. Okay, I can't wait to hear it. So put it on there. Yeah. And what was that thing I was supposed to write down? I had Tootie's, to jump up with paper. T-O-O-T-I-E. Tootie's last suit. All right. Tootie's last suit. I had Tootie yeah. last call. Okay. But I mean, he, okay. yeah. Same. But, but he's Same. the one that, yeah, he's the one that brokered the peace between all the Mardi Gras Indian tribes. Okay. And said, we all need to work for the betterment of the city. And then, mm -hmm. of course, I mean, what what everybody's, the other part of the other reason I left and I've watched it happen over time was I got there post-Katrina as the city started to rebuild. But then I've watched pretty oh, much. That's when you went? After Katrina, okay. I, yeah, well, I mean, I was working, I was offshore when Katrina happened. They, you know, he load us in. You know, we had to like evac and then come back, but. So I helped rebuild Shell's stuff, but also help help 
rebuilding the city, and you could see it start to happen where all these investors were coming in and buying up whole blocks of houses and turning them into Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the original residents were driven out. And the price well, they had to go somewhere to make a living and, yep. you know, a home. It, yep. it, couldn't, it couldn't be done while they yeah. waited, you know? A lot no, of them are here. Oh, yeah. A lot of them went to Houston, Atlanta, Jackson, Mississippi, Nashville. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's some, there's some sweet stories that came out of it. Some, it. It literally is called the best fried chicken in America, Willie Mae Seton's Bourbon House. And she was 85 when Katrina hit. I knew her son, Eddie. He was a cab driver. But Katrina hit. They went to Houston. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they look up two days there. They can't find Willie Mae. Mom's gone. She's 85. Hmm. They go back to New Orleans, and they find her. She's sitting on the stoop outside her restaurant, just completely destroyed. Going, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? Mm. And there's this sweet story you'll never see anywhere on TV, but I know it happened because I know the people that were part of it was Guy Fieri showed up, Bobby Flay, Susan Spicer, John Besh, Emeril, K. Paul. They all laid about 10 grand a piece in her son's hands and said, go to Home Depot, get materials. And they mm. put tool belts on and they helped rebuild that restaurant. Oh, they didn't, yeah, want, that's cool. they didn't want anybody to know it. So it's, it's back in business? Oh, yeah. But they, okay. they respected we'll her that much. You'll have to tell your much. son that one, Steve. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a good story. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. respected her that much. They really yeah. did. Is she still around? Or? No, she passed. She finally gave the recipe to her daughter. She literally that's held on to the recipe up until, you know, it's a secret yeah. recipe, the coding. Held that's like the, Colonel Sanders' recipe or the recipe yeah. for Coke, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great story. So, that's more more Kip stories, but oh. <laughs> no, I, I was I was really Diana. I want to tell you something. I was really touched by the way I saw all of you come together for Lola. I was Don't really get me going. Okay. <laughs> But I, it was touching to see that happen. And and Mary and I, I think Mary and I burned up text lines for, for two days. She gave you such high compliments for making the hall look nice, the church look nice. Yeah, that was, I'm like, I'll make it pretty. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a, it was, um, you know, it's like to lose, you know, one of, I mean, she's the first one of our, you know, friend yeah. group. You know, and I mean, we've been doing stuff for what, 50 years? I mean, I've you known Mary and Lola were kind of, I've met Lola because of Mary, but I met Mary in ninth grade. So, you know, they were kind of my first friend group, you know, mm-hmm. and our extended. But yeah, no, everyone, everyone came together and it was really nice to be able to um, put on a, a really nice event for her in honor of her. Yeah, when I lived um, when, I saw Brook, when I lived on Brook Drive, um, um, John Poots and Tom Shaw, who else? Um, Ryan. You guys yeah, all Tom Ryan lived Brook on Brook Drive. Drive with me, but with the, the Go Road guys before I moved. But um, Lola lived on Fairfield, so yeah. she had a sister, right, Carol? She yes. had a sister, she had a twin sister. sister. She had 
she but wasn't... they were twins. They were fraternal. I think they were both in our class. Um, yeah, I think Carol got held back. Um, okay. And then, and then Lola's the youngest. She was named after her mom. She had mm-hmm. uh, an older brother, Carl, um, an older sister. And I made, I probably met him like in high school. Um, Barb and then Denise and Carol, who were more her con- contemporaries. But she was yeah. estranged from her family, not by choice by theirs so okay no. she was a twin no yeah she, was, she had a no. sister but yeah no. they were yeah. in the same grade but no not a twin yeah oh. it, 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 her kind sister like, was carol right one her that was yeah. in our grade yeah 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 now now marcia was her cousin right? i did not know marcia and she were cousins yeah so lola her mom's a dewicky so oh really Huh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't so know that either. And, uh, Lola kind of grew up together because Marsha was the only, um, and Lola's the youngest too, same age group. But, you know, Marsha was the only, when I met Marsha, she was the only girl. Mm-hmm. I think her well, oldest sister was already. So, you know, they chummed around. So she had cancer, Diane? She did. She had um, lung cancer. And oh. I didn't know the full, full story, but I don't know, maybe eight years ago, uh, one of her doctors said, oh, you have a spot on your lung, but you know, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then, what? but the next time she went in, yeah, I know. But the next time she went in because she was having problems, it was stage four. So. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Was she a smoker? She was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was. And she was really, really mad at herself mm-hmm. that she was a smoker and that she kind of brought this on and I hope she forgave herself, but she was really, really mad at herself for mm. having to leave her son. And, you know, she wasn't ready to go. Yeah. You know? Oh no, no. Yeah. Oh, yes. But we're I mean, still, there's we're still young, right? Just, she couldn't breathe anymore. Uh, so, uh, you know, she, she came to Mary's son's wedding. That's the last time I saw her. That was August 18th. And you know, she was already in chemo, which at that point, it's like, gosh, you know. Um, but earlier in the summer, when we were all out on the boat, it's like, I just had the most beautiful picture of her. And she's just got her eyes closed and her hair is blowing in the wind. And, yeah, she was loving it. Mm-hmm. So, she, you know, she had fun to the very end. And she laughed to the very freaking end, even in her bed. She was cracking jokes. <laughs> so. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, because I, it, yeah, I mean, it, I haven't kept track a lot over the years. You know, I, I knew. Yeah. Well, we never Lola. had social media, you know, right, and right. we all got reconnected, what, maybe 10 years ago or. Right. I knew, I knew Herb Van Dyken had died, but then yes. I, I was, I was questioning Pat Smith. It's like Randy Kennedy. Randy Kennedy Mary, died. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Mary Ketler. Yeah. He. Eddie yeah. Kennedy had a heart transplant, so really, oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, he had a heart transplant, and then I think he went into failure again and died. That was 2017, 18. So it's been a while. So yeah, Larry, I worked with Larry Smelter, and him and Randy were pretty good buddies. And yeah, he told me it died. He didn't tell me that, Steve, about the transplant. Girl. Yeah, Larry, yeah. Larry's still pretty quiet. Well, his well, says. then Dave Smelter just died. You see that? Yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. He, they're having a memorial yeah. for him on Sunday here. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. 
Peg Billingsley. Is he a cousin of Brian's? Dave's brother. They're first cousins. Yeah, it's Larry's brother, right? Oh, okay. But Dave, Dave yeah. Smelter graduated two years ahead of us. He was with my sister. Right. He was a yeah, hell of an athlete. Not. He was an yeah. unbelievable oh, yeah. athlete. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Do anything. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Peg Billingsley died last week, too. Steve and Mike's yeah. mom. So, but they're not going to do anything until Thanksgiving weekend when they can all get back mm -hmm. to Michigan. You know, that's the thing. The it's like the whole, um, you know, industry, you know, the burial industry or whatever, you, whatever the term is, it's completely changed. I mean, COVID mm -hmm. changed that. It's like, you know, and it's such an expensive thing to do. Mm -hmm. And people are like, uh, and especially like when you're older or whatever, it's just like, you know, have a party you know, whatever, but the whole burial and all of that. I mean, I'm sure that this business is like really, really hurting. Nobody does them anymore. No, and then really? not that, not, oh. you know, they're, they're starting to make a comeback, but I mean, it's been years and no one wanted to go because of COVID. You know? Yeah. I remember my, my wife's father died in COVID and they would only allow mm -hmm. 50 people. And, you know, you didn't, you didn't have the, um, you know, the little luncheon afterwards and, um, there was no internment. It was just very, very, very limited. He was a veteran, so they had somebody come in and play taps, which is really cool. But and the flag ceremony, but that was it. You just that was you know yeah. it was a half hour, and then you know everybody leaves. That was it. Yeah. My, so, you know, all, that, all that pomp and circumstance. It's all you know. My, my instructions are written. Number one, use a use a cardboard box or a cheap one. You know. <laughs> And uh, we're not let, we're not letting you leak out into the world. <laughs> right. Okay. But I mean, it's like just you know, cremate me and and then, you know, have a. It, there's there's two distinct places in the world that mean something to me. You know, mm -hmm. one one is back home, and then two is out here at the Heron. Have a party. Uh, okay. mm -hmm. Now, Kip, when Good I was right reading your post the other day, yeah. I thought it was totally you. Talk about your hometown and stuff until the very end. When when it was, it, it's a Henry Rollins quote, and somebody else yeah. said, that sounds like you. Hen I know. Henry I totally writes like you. you when yeah. I was reading it. Yeah. Yeah. Henry I'm like, oh, that's when I started that, that I, I go, did he write this? And <laughs> I, oh. But I will tell you all something, and, and I'll probably do it this show. And other things I don't talk about that have happened over the year. Um, but back in the past, I was a spoken word performer in New Orleans. I actually was a headliner um, every other week on stage and doing spoken word. And I had not written not like that for seven years. Hmm. And, and for whatever reason, last week, prompted me to sit down and start to write again oh, good. and i mean there's a because people there's there's a there my collected works are out there that kind of thing but it's not the same as when you hear it not with spoken word so i don't mm -hmm. even tell i don't even tell people how to find it on amazon it's like i won't give them the title or anything but uh you're a very good have, writer and you have a pen name a pet like, name a pen, a pen name. name like like oh, seth name. moon if you ever listen to the radio show, you'll figure it out. Because nah. a premiere piece that I did was called Desolation Angel. So, mm. yeah. But um, All right. I'm counting on you to figure it out, Tom. So. Let us know. I'm not sure I want to let that out of the box. 
<laughs> it's but but no, that I started to write again, and I will probably for this show put that piece in in this show because you you all over the course of this year have brought that back for me have have brought it back are you talking back. about the Rollins thing that you well it, I will no I wrote, I wrote I'm writing again and I wrote a piece he just dumped he just dumped his bucket on us to go south yeah <laughs> no I just okay so you're going to post something similar to what right. Rollins did about and, and it's and if I decide to record it as spoken word I'll put it in this show here that we're doing here too all right that'd be so, great yeah, which is spoken word is very different when it's heard as opposed to when when it's yeah when it's read. written yeah, yeah when it's written right because then then you can get the pauses in there the emotional inflection on the words that that kind of thing yeah so yeah. but all right you do some do it yeah I'll do it yeah do uh, do some yeah. of that like John Wickham Riley thing where you get that little Indiana twang like the <laughs> goblins will get you you know well I was I mean in the time since we've I was fascinated. In the time since we've gotten together, Farm Aid was there right close to the, the Michigan-Indiana line. And, I mean, yeah, the normal lineup of John Mellencamp, Willie Nelson, Dave Matthews. Bob Dylan busted out in the middle of Saturday with Tom Petty's old band, The Heartbreakers. And they did a whole bunch of, they did a whole set. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had a friend that was there. Oh, that'd said, be cool. Out, out comes out comes Bob Dylan, and out comes you know the Heartbreakers, with Mike Campbell mm -hmm. leading them. It was a trip. So I'm talking enough. What's what's and Steve, we haven't heard from you in a couple months. What's been up with you? <laughs> Not what much. Do you do all summer. What I do? Um, yeah. uh, work and play a little golf and yard work and boy, that's about it. My life's been pretty boring. Sorry, <laughs> no trips. Um, yeah, just. Um, Winter next pretty much trip. been a homebody. What? Where, where are you going next? Oh, I did go to New York. I, I think, um, yeah, I mentioned that last time that I went to yeah, see Lucas yeah. in, in Manhattan, went to his restaurant, um, saw him, saw a few sites. It was fun. That was Father's Day weekend. So, um, so you're due back for another meal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, probably head there soon. He's, um, uh, his restaurant's in Hudson Yards. It's a, it's a, kind of a bougie place in Manhattan. So, in the summer it gets so hot. So a lot of the people, they go elsewhere. They go to Long Island, to Hamptons, or whatever. So their restaurant really kind of slowed down. He got his hours cut, and um, he's kind of hanging on. Um, but with but he didn't budget for, you know, thirty two hours a week, and so. Um, but then they're they're bouncing back. They're doing fine. They really. Yeah, he's still loving it. So he did sure. get trapped, you know, the floods uh, this weekend, this, the subways. Yeah. His yeah. line got flooded. Yeah, so he, his tales of woe, he got said he had to take a an $80 Uber ride one way into work, which is about what he makes in a, in a shift. <laughs> so, um, And then he had to take it back. So poor kid, I felt bad for him. But um, Well, I'm sure this, he found some money. I did, you know. I, I, you know. It's been six months, and he, ne he, he never yeah. asked me. He never asked me for a cent. You know, he's doing Aww. well. I told you he's, he's got a Roth IRA. He's like way ahead of what I was doing back then. So he's, you know, he's doing really well. And I just said, "What the heck? I just just send him some money just to cover his, yeah. his Uber rides." You know, so yeah. But yeah, but yeah, definitely do for a trip back there. So yeah, cool. 
But going to I Grand Traverse. Go there too. I'm, that's, I think, what I was thinking about in the car. It's like, all right, where am I going next? You know, it's like, I, yeah. you know, here's, I wish I could just travel the country and see all my friends because there's so mm -hmm. many people I love. But I also want to hit the places that I haven't been, you know, like, right. It's like, I got to, I've got to go to Europe and it's like, all right, I got to do it in the next two years. I got to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get that more of a balance between work and fun. So I think next year, I think it's yeah. going to be different. I'm going to start to start to make a little bit more of a transition. So good so, for you. Good. Uh, I've been Gotta sneaking up it. on a, been sneaking up on a four day work week. I think might even get a little bit more next summer. So perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, a friend of mine, Steve, a physician, he's mm -hmm. doing about a four-day work week. Half yeah. Wednesday's half day and Fridays are like, maybe he goes into work. Really? What, what specialty yeah. is he? Eye surgeon. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Steve Higgins. He's from Battle Creek. He went to Michigan. Steve Higgins? He was in yeah. my medical school class. Yeah, it's him. He, he's yeah, he's like six foot eight. <laughs> Yeah, that's him. I got it. Yeah, plays, that's him. Plays, I, yeah, yeah, I know Steve Higgins. Golf. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That's that's yeah. so yeah, interesting. Yeah, you catch up with him. I, I can give you all the information. He probably want. won't remember me, but I remember him because I always passed out his Fikai notes. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we had we had notes back then. They're called we uh, had scribes. Our medical fraternity. We ran the Fikai note system, which had been in existence for like I don't know fifty years. And so basically it's, it's a, it's a pretty organized enterprise. So we would hire scribes just to take notes on every single class in medical school, which is, you know, it's pretty voluminous. It's hard to keep up. Sure. sure. And then we would hire typists and we did our own printing with an old offset printing press. And then every Sunday night we get pizza and we put the notes out, we collate them. And then we all had our groups. I had like 50 people that I was responsible for, no, to me, you know, we charged them. I don't know. It was like back then it was like 250 bucks a semester. Um, so, you know, it was, a, you know, we made some money, but it's mostly for the, you know, the, the medical students just so you could, if you missed a class, you could get notes. Right. So sure. it, pretty much everybody subscribed wow. to my guys and the professors are usually cool. They would give their notes. And um, so, yeah, but I remember I used to give notes to Steve Higgins. So, <laughs> so, so I had, you I had the med school. Small yeah. world. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he graduated same year I did in uh, 85. Yep. And how do you know him, Tom? How do you know our kid? Our kids went to school together. Hmm. My oldest and his oldest were in the same class. And then his second oldest was between my two older ones. Mm -hmm. And um, and he's got a third son who's, I'm going to say, pretty functioning autistic. He's really funny. The kid's really funny. But still, he's autistic. But um, so he'll probably be with the family. I don't know if Steve and Jane will ever actually get away from having mm -hmm. some responsibility for him. But his brother's still in pretty good. So mm -hmm. he's doing pretty good. But I see Steve, oh, fairly regularly. We're in the same group of friends. Mm -hmm. and, and we get out pretty good. Your kids yeah. go to Portage? Yeah, Portage Central. My girls went to Portage Central. And uh, um, the oldest graduated in seven, and the youngest graduated in twelve. So they're through school and through college, and technically off the payroll. But <laughs> yeah. Are they ever, Tom? <laughs> I, 
Nah, according to my weddings, wedding, you got weddings events. Yeah, yeah, I got one left. <laughs> one left. I got right. one left. We did the college. One thing. left. Just got married. Yeah, she's in Dallas. She was home this weekend, though. So we went to my in-laws' cottage and hung out. It was a beautiful weekend. Oh my god! And so, she's in Dallas. So she's in Dallas, America. and she her thing is these triathlons. Not Ironman, but they're pretty sizable triathlons. More than I'm going. Yeah. But she says, well, I'm going to go for a swim because <laughs> they're typically a, a swim, a, a bike run and a bike and a run. Yeah. Right. They finish with the run. But she, she jumps in the lake, takes off. She gets about 200 yards out. My wife's alongside her with a jet ski, picks her up, brings her back. This water's cold. <laughs> You're not in Texas anymore. So uh, that was kind of funny. She said, and part of that, too, is, and Steve, you can relate to this, is, she had a, she got tangled up with COVID again. Oh, boy. And she had to, she, and she had to cancel. She was going to be in the Chicago Marathon day. And she, she, she probably lost her she, endurance. Yeah. She lost everything. She was down. It knocked. She'd had it before. And she goes, ah, I hardly knew I had it. This, this time she's like, oh, I haven't had it yet. This And this strain will knock you right down. I'm yeah. Gonna... And she's got, she's got some, she went and saw pulmonologist and now she's going, she went to a cardiologist and he scheduled her or she scheduled therapy for stress tests and in the meantime she went to a pulmonologist it sounds like you ought to be discredited but and they said well we can't find anything whatever so she's going back to the cardiologist and figure out what she was when she got out of the water she came back in the cottage she's like just hanging out and and she's later on, she's like, man, I just don't feel so good. And she's not one to get sick. She's one of these that's kind of bulletproof. But man, she just stayed on the couch all afternoon. <laughs> I was like, th this okay. one's not, this, this strain is knocking people right down. And yeah. And, but I don't get it. Well, yeah. And, and it's not, and like the other one, everybody wants to point at it as respiratory. And I know Steve will agree with me here. And it's not, it's vascular, it's been vascular mm -hmm. from the get go. Yeah. It just hits your system and and stays there. And Why do you say it's vascular? Yeah. Be, the, the reason that everybody pointed at it as respiratory to begin with is because the number yeah. of blood vessels in your lungs, it's vascular, so it likes blood better than anything else. And okay. the amount of surface area and blood in your lungs is what it went after. So So again... With anything brand new, and I like when you said that earlier, Steve. With you know, when it was like COVID was new, it was like okay, let's let's start doing some scientific research. At first, everybody thought respiratory, but no. Once you started looking at the damage it was being done to the heart, the liver, the kidneys, it was like no, this is this is vascular. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, here's one for you. As a physician, I want to put you on the spot. Do you recommend this last? vaccine booster do i what what i get it yes i'm i'm um i i was gonna get it today i just ran out of time but yes um it's not really it's not a booster it's a new vaccine actually oh, it has okay. new strains it's eb5 mm -hmm. so it's and it's this is a one and this is a one-time thing you don't need boosters anymore after this one it'll, just, it'll be like a flu shot so it's one and done um, yeah it's a one and done supposedly um but yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. So I mean, it's <laughs> it's better than getting because this, like I said, I just kept saying, oh. it's strange. It just knocks people down. One of my golf buddies had it, 
and um, he caught it at a wedding, his daughter's wedding of all places. It was in Seattle, and it was even outdoors at the aquarium. And and he came home, and um, uh, yeah, he just felt like crap. And he said he thought he was going to die. I mean, he had sore throat. He couldn't, you know, he just couldn't couldn't swallow, couldn't drink, couldn't do anything. Oh my gosh. He was out for like two weeks. So that was, yeah, that's a bad. I wasn't going to get the next right. one. I wasn't yeah. going to get it, but now I'm kind of yeah. like. Well, like it, 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 and the other one for us is it, it's it's blue. And it's RSV, 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 and and then the um, and then COVID. So, and I still need to get my uh, my shingles one, which I hear that uh, that's kind of a bad one. I did it. It's a booster. Yeah, I got to do that one. So, hey, Steve, I'll tell you now that boot. Hold on, Kip. I I got to get this out. (laughs) (laughs) I but you know I got that, and my youngest brother Andrew, who runs ultra marathons, hundred milers, (laughs) we both got it. I got it. The first one, and then you come back. It wasn't so bad. I got the second one, and I felt a little cruddy. I mean, it was like, eh, man, mm-hmm. okay. My brother Andrew got it. He said the first one, the big deal. Second one, knocked him on his butt. That's what I'm saying. I, I kind of have to time it around. Yeah, I might have to have, take a day off work the the next day, you know, or do it on a Friday, get a weekend off, or because right, he felt miserable. Way. Yeah, he, he, that's yeah. what he I said. Heard. It lasted, yeah, 24 hours. He was dumb. That's what I've like, heard. Yeah. So there, there's there's some interesting research and Steve will be able to find it in some of the medical journals. It looks like I mean, and, and I've learned over time to just say it looks like because people are investigating it, that the shingles vaccine also helps against the onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. That oh, we need that. That, 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 <laughs> it, that it does do. Yeah, that it does. It does. Is there's some effectiveness in there? For that as well. I know I'm going to get it. Right. Yeah, there seems to be a correlating. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I swear to God, I'm getting it. I'm like, Sharon, I am losing my marbles. I forget stuff. wonder what I'm doing. I'm like, what is going on? Tom, Tom, they're just called senior moments. We all have. Right. You know, I've had them for a long time, but it's like everyone else is starting to get them now. But it's like I'm ahead of the pack. For sure. Uh, I, yeah. And my mom had it. So, you know, I, I'm like, yeah. I just, I, I'm so much my mom's daughter. I know it's going to be me. My, I, my mom was sharp to the end, right to the end. And it was Isn't that great? not a good thing. Well, I don't, I'm so sure it was so good. She started calling us to the, she started calling my brothers to the bedside. Get your brother. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting him and then I'm getting out. I'm out of here. She's like laying the guilt trips on people. I'm like, no way, oh, man. Nah. <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't. She, she has. She has a couple of hardcore questions, and she's on her deathbed, and it's kind of like, I don't want to be answering anything like that. I don't want to be answering anything like that. So, no, no. So, yeah. There's, Tell me the truth, Tom. How many times did you sneak out in tenth grade? Tenth <laughs> grade? Oh, that was a slow year. Yeah. It was a slow, yeah. Oh, no, it's, it, it's 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 interesting. The I mean, because we all have a lot less, you know, dawns in front of us than we got behind us. You know, when you look and go, okay, hey, you know, here's here's the things I need to do. Like I'm getting my, I'll get my COVID shot tomorrow. I already have that scheduled. You know. Now I feel like I got to do it. Well, it, it's because it's a different vaccine. It's it's targeted against variants of the Omicron strain. Yeah. yeah. So, but and you're free to. 
if you had the previous boost. one, your immunity is pretty much worn out by now. Yeah. So unless you catch COVID, <laughs> uh, you're not going to have the immunity. So I, the, the vaccine is better than COVID. So yeah. it always has been. But um, so, yeah, I, I recommend it. But Okay. Uh, I didn't get well, the I'll last one because I've got COVID. Okay. Well, yeah, you did. Yeah, you you didn't need it. You didn't need it. You didn't need. Steve, the I, well, I got I got one more for you, Steve, because I heard that they didn't do the the clinical evaluations on this one. I'm like, there's no way that the FDA let this thing out without. No, they did. They, they did. did. Yeah, they did so. the clinical evals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and Kip, I want to apologize to you. I came kind of abrupt on no, that. No, that's I didn't mean that on the that's vascular fine. thing. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. I hadn't either. Tom, it, I thought I, I totally thought it was it, it, respiratory. Yeah, but again, sure. it, it was something new, and and so people make their best guesses. But then over time, as you do more research, then you start to to get okay. Here's you know here here's what's really happening here. Yeah, now the big area of research now is long COVID. So yeah, um, they're still trying to figure that one out. But slowly but surely they're learning it. But yeah, it's it's a it's still kind of an enigma. Um, like you said, we've just never seen it. It's truly a novel virus, and mm-hmm. which means you know we don't know squat about it. So well, we're but learning, the, but it's slow. The it's other slow. thing about that is with long. COVID. Oh, and there's so many people that refuse to acknowledge it or or that it's real. And yeah, don't start. You know, me. I you know what I did, and I fought that all the way through. And then today, believe it or not, today with the test of the emergency broadcast system, yeah, the, the QAnons, the QAnons, and the far right people were dead serious. The the wind nuts way out there, they were dead serious. They were putting it out on their dark web channels that this would activate the Marburg virus the, the, that was putting virus, everybody yeah. who got a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard that too, Kip. That, oh yeah. God, that was the best laugh it's of the all- day. Yeah, it's all over Twitterverse that yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it, it was going to activate the virus, all the little chips. And and, and uh, the, yeah. the, the best you're, you're going to turn into the Borg, <laughs> right? The the best the best one was the one I saw where it was like this will activate the Marburg virus, and unfortunately some of them will become zombies. And at that point, <laughs> I'm in a parking lot and I'm dying. I'm braying like a donkey <laughs> laughing, going, "Oh my god." <laughs> really? Oh God! This yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was, it was fabulous. <laughs> so what about your summer, Tom? Because the last we knew, you had had the party because of the wedding was coming. Oh well, yeah, we had the wedding in April, and Shannon worked. She lives not too far from you, Diane. She's a guy. She works for the Cubs. So it was right at the beginning of the season, so she couldn't take her honeymoon. So she just took that about two weeks ago. She went to Portugal. Oh, cool. and, nice. Uh, I uh, love all the yeah. tile there. I want to go there, oh, too. <laughs> they, I, I love Portugal. I think it's one of the best-kept secrets out there. It and, wasn't on my list till my daughter went. And then when I oh, saw yeah. those buildings and the tile and stuff, yeah. I just lost oh, yeah. my mind. Well, that's the Moors, the Moors, because they had a Moorish invasion from Moroccans. So Moroccans, the Moors, and that's that Arabic kind of influence there. And uh, yeah, it's a little more involved than that, Diane, obviously, but it's the beautiful areas. Lisbon, Lisboa is one of the coolest cities mm-hmm. I've ever been to. I yeah. like Portugal. I went to Faro, and that was very nice. And 
Yeah, but I saw all her stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, now I gotta yeah, go there. Yeah, Shannon too. loved it. On my list. Shannon, yeah, Shannon and Phil loved it. every time they sent uh, like pictures or anything on the family deal. They were eating, eating wine, <laughs> food, wine, food, cheese, you know, and it, it went pretty good. The so, castles, huh? The castles. You yeah, know? Oh yeah, everything. The wine That's, town. Yeah. The Germany's like that. Oh, we got all the like, castles. Oh yeah. France is pretty. France is one of the prettier countries I've ever been to, but people are kind of assholes. Well, but, I feel like that was my number one because I was born there. I was born outside of Paris. But it's like I kind of want to go to Barcelona and Rome more, but I'll I'll do oh, like yeah. Spain together. But I've been to Barcelona and Tarragona. I have They're to really go back nice. to my birth home, you know? I have to. So yeah, how long were you there? Ten minutes? No, I was here until I was three. Really? Oh. Well, so was your dad like part of the occupation? Is that why you were he there? He was. Um, yeah, they were the first ones into Vietnam. So we they were stationed. Oh. How, how old your dad be? Oh, God. He's not that old. Um, I mean, he's not living anymore, but he was a pilot. So they brought in the all the cargo, you know, uh, the... You know, all of that stuff. And then when we went back to America, he was still in Vietnam, he had to go back. And, you know, my mom has got all these four little kids in California. Hold your mom. Well, she's no longer with us either. She'd be 80. Um, I'm terrible at math. I don't know. I just wonder because my dad's 100th birthday was two days ago. Oh, my mom's not. No, my mom's like. Maybe okay, nine. so I digress. I digress. Yeah. So my, about my summer, so we we did that whole thing. Santa got married in Saugatuck, which was a great place to have a wedding. It was fun. And and actually, in April, we hit the one weekend. It was 80 degrees in April. <laughs> and it was like smoking hot. Everybody's like, holy cow. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, went, it went real well. And then for the summer... Um, I just got back from Wisconsin to see my number three daughter, Mara, and we were over there for just some, just because we hadn't seen them in a while. So we went over there. Actually, it's kind of funny. My daughter-in-law, Katie, said, come on, I got, I got, I got you guys tickets to the, to the Rod and Gun Club dinner. I'm thinking, all right, let's go. I said, hey, something to do, right? So we go over there. It is just what you'd expect it to be in Wisconsin. There's got to be 300 people there. They're all in the back at a rod and gun club. There's no rods around, but there's a lot of guns. <laughs> and and everybody's whacking out a couple beers. The guys are over here shooting traps. And I'm thinking, eh, nobody's got a beer there. That's a good thing. But they're shooting traps. These guys are drinking, and they serve up, like, roasted chicken, scalloped potatoes, biscuits and gravy, Baked beans and a salad. Got to have like, cheese curds in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh my god! And, and, well, and this is right near Ellsworth, which is the big cheese curd mm-hmm. dairy. Ellsworth Dairy, which their friends work at. Katie's from Ellsworth, and their cheese curds, Steve, are to die for. I'll I bet. love yes. cheese curds. Right. There's a new burger with a cheese curd, a cheese yeah. curd patty on top. It's, what? it's Culver's. Culver's has oh. the cheese curd patty. Yeah, the burger. Oh, yeah, because wow. yeah. Culver's has 
you can get just cheese curds at Culver's, which are really good. But now they, they took it a step further and they made one big cheese curd. It's the size of the burger. Yeah. And they put it on top of the burger. I haven't had well, it. Like, I can't I've... go there because I have a place that has the best burgers uh, ever. And when I crave a burger, I go there. Kip, if you ever come to Chicago, you got to have okay, cause... a little old Irving with me. I will because we don't have Culver's here. I mean, you got to remember this. Well, is... that Culver's. We're not going to Culver's. No, I'm saying you got me going on burgers now because all what you have here in this city is wings and pizza. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. like, give me a burger. Well, the yeah, other I, thing... I love a good burger. Culver's, but I can't eat them that often. Culver's, the is, the mid... Culver's we... is the Midwest version of In-N-Out Burger, like they have in yeah. Out West. Yeah, but better than I, I've, I've seen some. I know people who've done both who think Culver's is maybe a little bit better. Uh, I, I know some people. Culver's, my but... my best friends are they they lived what fifteen years in Cali, and they did in and out a lot, and they think Culver's is just a tad bit better. So, yeah, well, I'm going with better. Diane where her burger place is. That's end of oh story. Oh my god, yeah. I what's the name? What's Old the name Irving Brewery. Brewery. Hmm. Best burger I ever had. Yeah, nothing like a good bar burger. I'm telling oh you. Oh my god, yeah. it's just because the other and thing. It, that... All I want is the burger and the fries. No appetizers, no anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I I want to eat my burger. Because the other thing we have here is Texas dogs, which is just the Texas dogs? hot dogs with what they call Texas sauce. Yeah, because they refuse to call it chili. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like it's like essentially chili, but Why probably no, no beans. I, like here we coney? would call it a coney dog, right? In Michigan, they call coney. it a coney dog. It, it's a coney yeah. in Michigan, a Texas dog here, and everywhere else in the world, it's a hot dog with, with chili sauce on it. Chili. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. yeah, but it's called a coney dog because they're from Coney Island. Mm-hmm. That's why they're called coney dogs. Which is why but Buffalo wants to differentiate huh, itself I never from had New York one. City. I never had a hot dog with uh, chili, mustard, and No onions. mustard. And, Coney downtown makes a pretty good one. You got to eat like six of them to get full. <laughs> well, one At of my favorite mi- burgers for fast food and just like naughtiness um, is I like White Castles. Double cheeseburger. Oh, oh. <laughs> but with those chopped up onions, I love them. <laughs> those things. Now they're they're not even cooked. They're like steamed. Oh, I like them. Now, there's a couple of Sonics here in town that have started up. I haven't gone through them yet, but I don't know what Sonics are like. So the rest of my summer, I spent out there doing boat trips at the museum. But the fall is what's getting busy here. So Sheridan and I and some friends who happen to be like Higgins or friends, our kids kind of thing. We're up. We're going up to um, Harbor Springs for the color tour Mm. kind of thing. And, and if you've been to Carver Springs, then you go north of Harbor Springs around the highway there, and you go yep. to the Tunnel of Trees, yeah. go yep, by yeah, Legs. Yeah, M-119. That's beautiful. Yep. yep. Oh, and you, and you, John's yeah. enjoying – John's going on his road trip at a really great time. Oh, yes. Yes, because the colors, they said today, the colors around Marquette are almost peak. Yeah, we were right – Kip now. and I were saying before you guys came on, John, John might hit snow this weekend. Yeah. He's good. Wow, uh, really? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's like 80 here today. Yeah, it's but it's supposed to drop tomorrow. I what? think Friday night it's going to get down to 38. So down yeah. here, so up there. I was going to say, because Friday night everything changes here. Mm-hmm. Friday, it, it, we're, yeah, I we just, were at 85 yeah. today. 
But, I mean, we're at peak color, too. I mean, the mountains of western New York are gorgeous this time of year, and that's why we keep the Airbnbs right. open because yeah. people come through on color tour all around Lake Chautauqua. Hmm. Yeah. So. I felt like I had a color tour when I was driving back from Michigan, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything was changing. It's starting to turn, yeah. I see all yeah. the trees. Yeah. yeah. It's so not pretty. even it. Yeah. Oh, well, I know. And I learned, some, I learned something, though, that close to the lake, Diane, the colors don't change as fast. Exactly. They're, they're, it's more inland the, because yeah. the, it's more temperate around the lake, so it, it, um, it stays warmer at night, and then they need the cold weather at night to deplete the the chlorophyll and so yeah exactly there's this if you look at the color maps there's this big old you know it's like a 10 mile strip all around the water that's uh, like you know about a week later than the inland ones so yeah it's uh exactly if you i just saw that too if you look up by us everything close to lake erie is not at peak color you got to be down where i am when i'm at the farm down in the southern tier yeah, and, and we're at peak color. So, mm-hmm. and then the other good you're thing already, about you're going, already at peak color now, Kip. We're getting there. We're a couple weeks. We're probably a couple weeks away from peak color. Yeah, we are. But the big thing to me is because I got to go out and winterize this weekend, is that Red's Pancake House will be open. <laughs> it's it's literally a small restaurant out there in Sherman. By the way, we ha- that was what I put up today is true. We have a wallaby loose in Sherman. Um, that is that's hilarious. It's don't yeah. Got to be a pet, right? You have to come visit sometime. Sherman is the most unique village in New York. The Amish, the farmers, a bunch of musicians, a bunch of hippies, a bunch of artists. It's and so there's a wallaby loose in Sherman, but uh, there's a pancake house that because we're starting to tap maple, and oh yeah, this is one of those pancake house restaurants where literally it's only open in the spring and the fall. You walk in, it's picnic tables. They serve family style, and they only serve one thing. Pancakes, mm-hmm. sausage, eggs. Here's the maple syrup. Go, And to me, that's the way to go. It's very fresh maple syrup, and they know what they're doing with the pancakes. So, mm. Nothing like a good pancake. Oh, yeah. Steve, yeah, does your son want to open his own restaurant someday? Is that like a dream of his? Is that I like think chef's dream yeah, I think um, probably for him it'd be a bakery, but um, oh, yeah, well, do baked goods because that's what his specialty. He specializes oh, in, uh, in in breads and bakery, so pastries. So that's what he and what he's doing now. He's the dessert person at this restaurant, so he constructs all the desserts. So they're kind of deconstructed, and he when you know they're made to order, so he puts them all together because they're pretty complicated. And, sure. Um, I think I told you this story when I was there on Father's Day. I was just getting comped everything. You know, here, have another glass of wine. And, and, you know, I got, I ordered an entree, but I had to get another entree just so I could, I had, you got to try this. It's free. Don't worry. You know, so I had two entrees. Of course, I can't eat it. And then, so I order a dessert that it sounded the best to me. And, but then I, another one shows up that it says he wrote on it in chocolate um, cursive um, he, he's got great handwriting and it said happy father's day dad so the dessert that i ordered didn't the, the way they plated it wouldn't allow him to write that message to me so oh. he had to get the other dessert so he could write that so sure. but that's what he does he says you you would not believe the messages he gets asked to write <laughs> on oh, these wow. desserts 
It's like, well, I had, um, I had dinner at Nobu. You've heard of Nobu before. Mm -hmm. And, um, my client took me there anyways. She's like, well, let's just get our dessert. Let's get dessert to go. And they're like, oh no, the chef will not make <laughs> They go. don't do that. No, no, no. And it was like, that's the first time I've ever heard that, but there's so much artistry that goes into yep. it. So we're like, all right, well, let's that's just something you're gonna order throw something in a paper bag. and we'll take a bite and then we'll box it up. Take a bite. We ate the whole freaking thing. It was, it was so <laughs> fabulous. It was like yeah. the best thing I ever ate in my life. Yeah. It was, but it was just like, oh no, the chef won't do that. Yep. That's no, they're very particular. They're very particular. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're very particular. So, um, yeah, you, so. our desserts aren't to go. They're, they're for here for, mm -hmm. to, you know, be wowed by the, you know, presentation and, you know, all of it. And here we are. All right. We'll just order it then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The best that, thing that'd be like giving them one of those. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. It's, it's like, like ordering the special of the house at a you know uh, uh, a three or five four star restaurant and just sitting there and just dumping salt and pepper on it you know just, <laughs> the chef is just going to be absolutely so yeah how many people do you know that do that the plate hits and they don't even taste it they just grab the salt, just salt and pepper I know so, don't start me because I tell you that's that is that is a real pet peeve of almost every chef well it shouldn't yeah. even be on the table. You know. Exactly. So they're and supposed to season it. it. They nice season it the way that they want it to taste. And yeah, they well, you're absolutely right, Tom. People just do that all the time without thinking. Just add salt and pepper. Just add salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you yeah, doing? Right. If, yeah. you, if I'm in a restaurant where, you know, I'm I'm looking at a real printed menu with entrees, appetizers, everything else, I'm figuring the chef is putting some effort into what's being made. Exactly. You know, I want to taste what they've done. If I'm in a mm -hmm. good steakhouse, you know, I am not going to salt it. I'm not going to pepper it. You know? and, and for whatever you do, you're don't not going to ask don't. for any changes. You know, I, I have mean, never like, put steak sauce on a steak. No, no steak, a steak sauce. sauce. Never. <laughs> I can't nope. imagine that. Now, best, I have, you, know, you know what the best steak sauce is? Butter. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Out of butter. Yep. It well, yeah. I, and I also like horseradish. And they oh, do appreciate. They do appreciate yeah. it. Well, I like that. My yeah. bloody Mary. Right. When yeah. I ask for a side of horseradish with my steak, they know that that's it's like prime a rib. Meat. Prime rib gets the horse. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Well, see, I'll do Not that. Not that I eat a lot of prime rib. I'll do that with a skirt steak. You know, which, yeah, yeah. Is, which is a cheap, which is a you know tougher, yeah. cheaper cut. I'll you know. You got to take your hammer to that. And, <laughs> well, skirt yeah. steaks and hanger steaks. There's a restaurant here in town that knows how to do a hanger steak right. It's actually really flavorful. Does mm -hmm. anyone know how to do a hanger there's steak? There's a well, guy here flavorable, in town. But you got to be able to chew it. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to have good teeth to be able to you know, chew a hanger steak. Hardy teeth. A hanger steak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Steak. So. Oh, gosh. Well, the food that you've been um, eating where you go and you post your meals, they all look like so... I, healthy and bountiful and you know the onion soup and the you know i, I you, had, you said it was a reverse ratatouille well i that i, co I cook for myself every night except yeah. friday and fridays uh -huh. i go to daniela um and that's when you see posted on friday and the yeah. other thing is is that for whatever reason i stumbled into that restaurant six years ago as a very first customer got to know them because they had just opened 
And so I'm in there about once a week. They use me as the test flight. For oh, things. Perfect. That's, right. That's it's not kinda, very good because you'll eat anything. <laughs> I, but I am critical. I know what I'm eating and that it, that is. So I did because uh, that uh, caramelized onion and garlic bisque was a here, try good. this. That was so good. Doing oh it as my a God, bisque. Oh, my God. Um, the arancini, you know, that she, it, it's like, so there's that. But, yeah, I did, a, I did a, a variation on a ratatouille because we've got so many vegetables right now at the farm. Yeah. That we all season. just, I mean, it's like we get vegetables from them, and I'm not going to waste them. You know, no, and these are yeah. really good. They're good, good to have them fresh. That, well, that made a whole meal that 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 ratatouille by doing it with parsnips, carrots, tomatoes, you know, patty pan squash, and shiitake mushrooms, and t- oh my, that mm-hmm. that was a yeah, meal. I, I never had a parsnip. Yeah. My, uh, you know, my my wife's a vegan, and this is her favorite time of year because of all the the yeah. root vegetables they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, carrots, turnips, parsnips, beets. Yeah. And, because that's that's really protein and vegans. The more they say, the more colors you have in your food, the better, um, the, the more nutrition it has. So yeah. you try to you try to get your food very colorful. So green, red, orange, right. you know, um, and all these different colors, and it's supposedly more nutritious. So that's where all these root vegetables um, are and, and, and pretty I, much favored by vegans. And I love root vegetables. I really do. Mm-hmm. Parsnips are. They're almost potatoy in terms of texture. I'm sure Adam is some kind of a garnish or whatever, right. but I can't. They're um, almost potatoy in, in terms of texture, mm-hmm. but like but potatoes. the flavor mm-hmm. the flavor more is in the the turnip beet turnip. variety. Yeah, yeah, beet. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, you guys, I'm gonna go because well, yeah, it's we've my been going on, we've been going on here a while. At home late, and I haven't even. <laughs> and it like, is your anniversary. Giving him a smooch. Well, yeah. That's okay. I'll. I tell, you, I tell you what, well, like I said, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I probably am going to work on that spoken word piece. There is, you all give me some music and then there's probably a three or four song set along with a spoken word piece that I will pull out of my contemporary stuff that is for all of you. There's one in particular, Diane, that is inspired by the pictures from Friday of the whole group of girls together. Um, and I will... I will call that out in the show that this one is for you all, you know, because oh. there's one in particular I know of that, that would, that you probably uh, haven't heard, but I know, you know. Okay. It's like, it's like, all right. It's called Sounds Mo- good. Nice to see you guys. It's all good right. to see all of you. Okay. Thank you. It's good to see all of you. We'll put all it right. together again next month. We'll all right. More yeah. people. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. Good night, guys. Thanks, for the, thanks, Steve, for the in- advice. Oh, no. No charge. I know. No charge. I'm going to go get it now. Yeah. I wasn't going to. I was hesitant, me. so thank you. you I bet. know. Are you going to do it, Tom? Yeah, I'm probably going to do it. Yeah. Now. I get yeah. a flu shot every year. I never used to, and then I got I never did. Down. Yeah. Do you recommend flu shots too, Steve? Absolutely. You yeah, you I have do. to get, when you get to be our age, it's over 60. It's Normally, you get a trivalent. Now, when we get the quadrivalent, so there's four different strains that we get. Um, so yeah, the quad you need the quadrivalent flu vaccine, and this year I'd get the RSV and the oh my COVID. God. So you get, you got some work to do, RSV, Diane. You got to get three. Quad. Well, Diane, just think. Just quadrivalent. Think if you shot. just if you just tell them your age and a flu shot, they'll do it automatically, or they right. should do it. 
But just tell him it's the senior flu shot. I got, quadrivalent. I got hit with the high-dose quad oh, last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, in some places, most places won't let you do all three at once. So, um, but. A lot of places will let you do. Give you, so what's it called? The senior flu shot? Senior flu shot. Just if, if you're, it should be automatic. You'll just tell your age and they'll, they'll give the you the senior right. discount. The senior discount. Name. Yeah, that too. But they will. They will let you do the flu shot and the COVID shot at the same time. They're just not. Gonna they will. Some the pharmacies state. won't because if they say if you have a reaction, they don't know which one it is. So I don't think it really uh, matters. <laughs> but you know, you just, do them both together. The flu. I would. One. I would have. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But a lot of, a lot of pharmacies COVID. won't do it. So, but that's just it's a their discretion. Okay. It's not a medical thing. They just think if you have a reaction, they won't know which vaccine yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, and we still got, got a couple hours to run out and grab a Powerball ticket so we can be billionaires. <laughs> there right. you go. <laughs> I'm too tired. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Good night. All right, bye. Good night. Yeah. I'll talk to everybody later.
was entirely appropriate, let it be, which I think is, is perfect. Um, but like I say, Tom, Diane, Steve, they, they picked out all the music you heard and you just heard the conversation and, and I told them that uh, what I would do is pick the music for, for the last, uh, last 20 minutes, half hour of the show. And, and I'm going to open it with one that when the first time I heard it, I thought about Diane and Mary and and Lori and 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 Sonia and Lola and Gail and and all those people, but uh, this one in particular is dedicated to all of you. You know, to to that bunch of women. It's called Bonfire at Tina's by uh, by Ashley McBride. And and then, as I said, for the first time in seven years, I started writing again. And I really want to thank uh, both the Comstock people, that whole bunch that, that's been, you know, for the year we've been getting together and, and starting, I'm starting to feel human and, again and feel like I can go home. Um, and, and my folks here, my family here, you know, at the Heron, um, Paige and Jen and Julie, Dom, Josh, Ryan, Janice, and uh, and Nicole, of course, and, and and Renee, but putting me back in a place where I can start to write again, and I can start to at least do it in front of a mic. I don't know that I could get up in front of a crowd again, like I did for two straight years, a crowd full of strangers. Um, my, like I say, if you if you ever want to at least read what I wrote, and you're a friend of mine from Comstock, let me know. You don't have to go through Amazon. I've got PDF copies of of my collected works. But then I'm going to finish with a bunch of songs that, if you're really smart, you'll figure out where my head's at and where I'm at and uh, what's going on in my life because that set of songs is dedicated to all of you, all right? All of you whom I love and cherish and, and call family. Kip Williams, Desolation Angel Radio. I will be back with you again next week. We got Carrie Kate Abel talking about a play right here in Buffalo that, that she wrote and authored. Um, that, that I think is a tremendous piece of work. But uh, she's a friend, and we'll talk about that. And in the meantime, if you're Comstock people, know that you're welcome on that call once a month, anytime, and I would love to have you. We would love to have all of you and, and have you be in here. It would be good to see you because we do it as a video call, to see your face and hear your voice. And uh, 
We're not trying to recreate what was. We're celebrating what was and celebrating our lives and reconnecting again, and you can be part of that. I love you all. I got your back somewhere out there in the night, the Desolation Angel. I'll talk to you again. I would like to go home. I don't know where home is anymore, but I want to go there. It's time. 
I've lived a life and done things others only think of, but I would like to go home. Part of me is afraid, and part of me is scared I'll never get there. I left home a long time ago, and I've spent my life leaving home over and over. I couldn't see it that way at the time, but when I look back, it's what it's always been. I've stood on steel structures 300 miles out to sea, working in one of the most dangerous places and jobs there is with men and women who are as tough as they come, and I suppose it made me that way too, just as tough. I've watched hurricanes come in off the Atlantic and felt what it was like to be powerless and in awe. I've watched eagles dance at the mountaintops. I've seen sunrise and sunset. I've danced in graveyards hundreds of years old with spirits of the dead. I've danced with the sun. I've danced with the sun with people who gifted me to be there in ceremonies only talked about by some and not heard of by others. I've sung and sweat and cried. I've bled. I've been the protector people needed and the helping hand that people didn't know they needed. Fed and clothed and comforted the poor and the sick with no one knowing I did because I did it because it was the right thing to do. And I didn't want anyone to know. I'm a warrior born who will stand alone if he has to in order to shield and protect those I love. I've loved and I've loved right and I've loved wrong. I've made glorious mistakes and I'll own every one of them. I'm no angel. If anything, an angel who lost his wings and had to learn all over again after he'd hurt people and not realized how badly he had. I've danced on mountaintops in the middle of the night singing the old songs. I've cried and laughed. I've smiled and sobbed. I've hurt so badly I wanted to die. I have almost died several times, but I don't want to burden anyone with those stories. I've hurt people and loved people. I've disappointed people and helped hold them up when they needed it. I've been the shield that people need and their wall when they didn't know they needed one. It took me a long time, but I realized it wasn't just me who did that. No, it was the people I grew up around, who I carried in my head for years without them knowing that it was them who made me who I am. It was the people who picked me back up and gave me shelter and another place to call home when I'd lost everything here just a few years ago. Those two groups of people, both of whom are part of my life today, they're part of home. It's been over 30 years since I've been home to where I grew up, and I think it's time. I've borne loss after loss and grieved alone because no one wants to see the toughest person they know crumble. But I want to go home. I need the touch and the smell and the feel of the people I've always loved. I hate winter coming on. I hate the alone and the cold and the dark, though I know them well. Trust me, hell isn't hot. Hell is cold and dark and alone, and I know its halls well without a map anymore. That's why I'm just there whenever I need to be for anyone I know who's about to face hell. I've walked it alone, and no one should. I've laid in hospital beds certain it was my time, knowing no one would be there that I would be alone and somehow I lived. So that's why I'm there for people. I've eaten too many meals alone, slept too many nights too long alone. And I think I need to go home to remind myself to touch and smell and see and feel what it is that made me who I am and gave me this incredible life I've lived. 
I'm afraid to, really, but fear is overrated. I know this much, that the love of the people I knew 50 years ago and the love of the people who picked me back up and helped me stand again here these last five, six years are owed me being the best me I can possibly be. And I don't want to let those people who believe in me so much, who love me so much down. I can't. They deserve the best me I can be. So for the first time in a long time, some may hear me ask for help. Help to get home and help to walk and smell and feel and just be in the places I call. Wrote this song at Plato's house with my good friend Jason Bolin. Change. 
song Wanted one so bad I went and did everything wrong Lesson in reality would come for too long Yeah, my first love was an angry pain for some My first love was a wicked twist to road Hit the million mile mark at 17 years old I never saw the rainbow, much less a pot of gold Yeah, my first love was a wicked twist to road My first love was a wicked twist to road I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you fighting off a breakdown I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means Now I just want you in my arms again And we can search each other's dream I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well Enough about myself. So if you're looking for some bad news, well you can find it somewhere else. Well, last year was a son of a bitch, burning everyone we know. But I'm fighting with you down in the ditch. I'll meet you up here on the road. I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well.
Taylors. Thanks to Bees on Toast. Thanks to the crew. But most of all, thanks to you guys for being here. Here's to the next 2,000 fucking shows. Let's see this one out in style. Everybody, put your hands in the fucking air. This is not in the small of your back. Thank you for hanging out with us. Cheers, y'all. 